This is the Mojo, the Meaning of Life and Business podcast, where life and business intersect. Hosted by Jennifer Glass, CEO of Business Growth Strategies International and BGSI Coaching. We are dedicated to your success. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mojo, the Meaning of Life and Business. Every now and then, we may get distracted. We may end up seeing something that makes us a little bit uncomfortable. We may end up having certain situations that just kind of irk us the wrong way. Other times, we may need a little bit more comfort to keep us in a certain level um, that we don't start flipping out. But there's other people who are always potentially in that position where too much overload can be just that, too much overload. But before we jump into understanding certain aspects, understanding sensory processing um, disorder, I wanna tell you a little bit about my guest who's going to help us break that down. Liz Holland is the CEO of Sensory Product Design who took her lifelong struggle with sensory processing disorder and turned it into a company that creates unique products that help all people find the ultimate feeling of safety, which also settles the nervous system. Liz is a six-time international award-winning product designer and entrepreneur who has spent her life seeking solutions to all kinds of everyday problems just to live in her unrelenting body. She has taken her diagnoses and turned it into a company that finds ways to help others. In that, Liz created her flagship cozy product. Liz, welcome to the show. Hi, great to be here, Jennifer. Absolutely, thank you. So Liz, help me understand, when we talk about sensory processing disorder, tell me please, what exactly does that mean to you? Well, um, in most cases, it's, uh experiencing your senses at an extreme level there are examples of the other extreme where the a person doesn't experience their sense very well but for the most part you have your senses we think of the five senses but then we have sense of equilibrium sense of temperature sense of balance and um, so we look at all those things and, and within each sense, I have multiple triggers. I have all of my senses are triggered. Temperature is a big one. Equilibrium I'm fine with. Um, but then within each sense, I have to kind of identify what are the things specifically that might hit me and trigger me. Um, everybody has likes and dislikes of things. Oh yeah. I hear people all the time. I experience that too. And, um, you know, it's not something that the doctors have known a lot about for a long time because it's very hard to diagnose my series of experiences completely unique to me. Even if somebody has the same senses that are triggered, they're going to have different triggers than mine. And, and so first of all, diagnosis, then how do you treat it? There aren't any drugs. Um, so you have to kind of, you were on our own other than reaching out to each other and finding ways to find that support and that um, ways to help ourselves. Um, but 
for somebody that has the disorder, which they like to, they don't want to put a stigma on it. There's lots of different sensory integration, sensory problems. Um, but basically it's on the autism spectrum. And if your senses are hit in a way that shuts down your nervous system, we go to fight or flight, we go to the deeper level of trauma, freeze. Um, that's when it's more of a problem that, you know, on the autism spectrum where we don't, you know, your nervous system shut down. You can't do anything about it if it's gone to that level of extreme. And so other than accept it and kind of be catatonic or whatever you need to be till you get to the place where you can find your way back. So um, I always say the the first line of defense is to not experience the trigger in the first place. So the nice thing about sensory stuff is it's kind of practical triggers. Sun's in my eyes coming in the close of the curtains, wear a hat, um, you know, get away from the toxic spells. You know, if you can design your life to kind of navigate around the triggers that you know are the worst, then, you know, there's nothing to recover from. Otherwise, you know, there's things that happen. And once one sense is triggered, I've found this from talking with many other people, the other senses become on high alert. And so it's much more likely that another sense will go in another one. And so I've developed a skill set through sensory processing disorder that I notice early, very, very early, even little ones. Um, and I, it, like, I take care of it. This thing's bugging me. <laughs> so take it off. Just do it. Um, you know, or something's happening. I just, I can, I can experience it and I can go, oh, if I don't, if I try and pretend this isn't happening, I'm much more likely to get in trouble. And so that's, that's kind of how the sensory part of our triggers happen. It's that, which is only part of it because we all get triggered by all kinds of things out in the world, relationships, um, you know, road rage, the whole world situation. Everybody has like triggers in their bodies. Um, I think the gift of sensory processing disorder is I've learned to notice them early and take care of them. And, you know, I develop products for myself my whole life. You know, I'm constantly making prototypes to live in this body because it's a hard body to live in, always has been. We had eggs every single day of my life. And as a woman entrepreneur who wears a whole lot of hats, I don't have time to be knocked down, you know, where I cannot function. And I know that that will be the case if I don't take care of things early. So I, you know, recognize it and do whatever it takes. My products <laughs> are a first go for me because they really do, I don't, for people that aren't, that that aren't seeing us um is i've made a throw blanket that has hand and feet pockets not only warms your extremities which is a big deal on for anybody to be warm but you can hold things pick things up and you know keep your hands warm read your book your magazine your ipad um while keeping your hands warm so and your feet warm and in that total warmth not only are you warm you have this like centered safety calming nervous system experience and that often is enough to get me back on track 
And um, if I take catch it early or hanging out with my puppy dog, that's another one. Uh, you know, once you realize and notice your nervous system and notice the things that affect it, and this is again for everybody, not just people with sensory issues. Once you start noticing, then you can do something about it. But if you don't notice and you pretend it's not there, then it's much more likely to to get you, to to affect you for, you know, you had road rage, come in the house and it, you know, your family feels it too, because it was a really shitty experience. So, you know, that's, that's something we need to recognize and, you know, and then find ways to find ourselves centered again. And, you know, this was intended to be more about warmth and more about shining light on sensory processing disorder. But as I develop the product and as that people have it in their hands and people are using it, I've discovered it's really for anybody that has a nervous system that wants to, you know, say, hey, I got to settle down here. I'm going to use this tool to feel better. That's a, That makes me very happy when I get feedback like that. And one of the things that uh, I realized as you were uh, putting the cozy around you and uh, talking about it was the idea that when newborns get swaddled mm -hmm. and it's that same idea, they're comforted by having all of their uh, limbs close together, tight to their body, mm -hmm. again, comfortable because that's what they were like inside also mm -hmm. and I remember just swaddling my kids and all of that mm -hmm. I mean sometimes it was fun doing it other times it was oh my god can you just keep your hands still <laughs> but you know. the swaddling effect was there's a reason it works and it works for everybody is that that safety that connection you know we have the child version the cozy cozy for toddlers through you know school age children and they haven't been swaddled in a long time either it's really been long for us too and um you know but the nice thing is you're in complete control like if i have a hot flash I, this, I don't want to be wrapped up like this. I'm like, out, out. Oh, I feel my so much better. Um, and you get back in. You're, you, you're at choice at the level that you want to be swaddled, at the level that you want to be warm. If you get, if you're like me and you have very narrow range of comfort, comfort, then too warm can be harder to solve than too cold. So I'm constantly kind of putting my feet out. Oh, they're starting to get a little bit too warm. I, I need to pull them out before they actually feel like they're burning at that point in time, especially if they go from freezing. There's a line that they hit and then they burn. <laughs> I have to take them out. And so, but I know this about myself. And this is a nice feature where the pockets have some weight. So if you're typing, you need your hands more fully. Some people type with it. It doesn't work for my brain to have limitations there. But, you know, it's nice that you can hold it back. I mean, that, that it stays on your shoulders while you have your hands out. And you have just all these little nuanced micro adjustments to fit 
you specifically. Some people get in they're like, why would I ever leave? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm finally warm and I'm never, ever, ever taking this off. <laughs> and it's like, that's awesome. I couldn't do that because I would get too hot. And it's it's two-sided. It's got good side, good fabric on both sides. So it's double thick, not thick, thick, but um, double-sided is warmer than had this been 220 GSM to a 20 GSM. So 440, if it had been a single sheet of 440, it wouldn't be as warm as this because it's a fact about doubling. And you have no bad side of the fabric. You have seams that don't get in the way here. You don't feel a seam on the inside. So we got two layers here. We have two layers on the back, but we actually have three layers on the back because there's a polar fleece backing to it. Because, you know, when your hands are freezing cold, they need something really warm. And you can have your hands fully in the pockets without fingers out, of course, and only bring your fingers out, finger and thumb out when you need to pick up something and use something. So it's really well designed. And I'm a very picky designer <laughs> because I notice every little thing with my sensory stuff, it, it little things bug me, you know, and <laughs> it's just a fact of who I am. So the my gift behind my sensory processing disorder is it made me a better designer because I notice every little detail and I very connected to production and how things are made. I love how things are made. My dad was an inventor as well. So every night around the dinner table, he was an engineer and he did uh, automatic warehousing systems. So, you know, I love mechanics of things. I taught my daughters how to build things. I work with wood and metal and <laughs> I do the electricity, <laughs> like <laughs> not plumbing work in the house, but some, you know, but I figure out how things work. I'm mean, whenever we do have a repairman, I'm always asking them questions about why that did that. And it, <laughs> you know, because I have that kind of brain that thinks about the whole picture from inception to creation to product development to manufacturing to marketing to distribution even to where it's going to be in you know when it's lived its life and the nice thing is this is so well made and it's machine washable and honestly it'll be the best blanket you ever ever had and it'll last a very very long time and that's important to me too because you know, I'm very aware of the amount of stuff that goes into landfills and people have bought a lot of products trying to get warm. And I swear there's nothing like this that'll get you warm anywhere. Never been a blanket that addresses your warming your extremities. I mean, it really blew me away when doing product searches and, and prior art search at the USPTO. It really blew me away that there was nothing with simply warming the extremities. And it folds up. I have one right here beside with a big black thread on it. Um, folds up to look like a regular throw because all the pockets build up on the inside. And so you can have it in reach too if you choose. Well, Liz, let me ask you, because you were saying in terms of nothing else is out there. Um, I mean, we've all probably heard of the Snuggie and things along those lines. How is uh, the Cozy different um, from the Snuggie? The Snuggie actually <laughs> continues to kind of piss me off. It's sold over $500 million in product. And it's like wearing a robe backwards, number one. So if you were 
why don't you just put a robe on because at least you get your shoulders covered with the robe. And of course it doesn't have anything for the hands and feet. Just has these weird sleeves that come out and that it's just like also wouldn't really stay on very well because it's only in front of you. So again, in front, you got your whole backside, back of your legs. It's really hard to get warm. And then there was another one, Shark Tank, one of Shark Tank's top five products of all time uh, was a product that was like an oversized sweatshirt that, that you were supposed to tuck your knees into. Again, hands and feet, not covered. Um, but, and who else could, <laughs> could, who could stay in that position who's over 25? You know, even 25 year olds wouldn't want to stay in that position. No hands and feet. They did have pockets in front, yeah, on that one, but no feet and a very uncomfortable position. So that $250 million in sales, and that just came out like four years ago, something like that. So what that does tell me is people are desperate to find that product that actually keeps them warm. And if they go, oh yeah, that's going to help, they buy it. I don't think it helps. There's also weighted blankets, which are really, really helpful for certain things but they don't sit up very well. You know, they're much more of a lying down situation. Feeling that weight, I totally can relate, is something that would make me feel good. But it's not really something you can sit up and use very practically. And again, nothing with hands and feet. <laughs> if, you're, if you're wrapped up and your hands and feet are still cold, it's just impossible to actually feel warm. You still feel those icicles at your hands and feet. And, and you know, you'll never get to that complete relaxation. The fact that this wraps all the way around and you are covered and, you know, even many layers of fabric, once you cross over the front of yourself, you don't have any of your precious warmth of your body escaping out of your backside or down your legs and feet. So... This is really going to be your forever blanket, forever favorite blanket. <laughs> so, Liz, let me ask you, I want to go back on the sensory processing disorder for a second. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot more common in kids than it is in adults, because kids, they can identify, they do tests, they do whatever. Um, in adults, it's not something that they normally start even diagnosing. It's just, all right, you're different uh, kind of thing. How did you go about getting that diagnosis as an adult so that you started realizing exactly where you were and you were able to put a name to how you were feeling? Well, I was working with the therapist at the time. And she's the one that that recognized the patterns in me. And she's like, you know, I think you might have sensory processing disorder. Of course, I'd never heard of it. And so, you know, we started checking into it. And I was shocked. It's about eight, nine years ago. Um, I was shocked to find that there was nothing out there for for adults. It was all about kids. And you know, I think it's same as dyslexia or learning differences, ADHD. When we were kids, we didn't know anything about that stuff. And so it's not like we didn't struggle. We just, I think we even struggled more 
because we were just told so many times fit into this box of learning to, of how you act and how you behave and get over it, whatever, whether it was a, you know, a sensory thing or the rest of life. So I don't think it's less common. It's just less diagnosed. And I'd seen in, in some of the written materials that I've been digging through for years is you know, in the children, in the articles about AD, I mean, about sensory processing disorder for children, they might say, what you just said, it's less common in adults. And it's like, it's not less common, it's just less diagnosed. And they even had gone on to say, if adult had it, has sensory processing disorder, they likely have had it since childhood, but they probably come up with ways to live in their body. <laughs> And I was like, no, we haven't. How, you know, we we haven't. If, if we didn't know that it was real and everybody in my realm was putting me down and making me wrong and bad for the things that I was going through in my body and making me mad at myself for being knocked down to the point that I couldn't function. You know, all of these things were like, hey, no, we haven't. So don't forget us. We're out here struggling. And, you know, since then, thankfully, there's a whole lot more still, you know, at least 85% for children. But like at the time, there was one book and I have it on my website, but uh, too fast, too bright, too something, too tight. Um, and that helped me a lot. But it's like, we need to know what's happening and that it's real and we're not just weird or flawed or, you know, to be able to start to uncover the specifics of how it affects me, you know, all of us and what we can do about it. And we have to find, you know, professionals and doctors that are regular medical doctors don't know a whole lot about it and there's not a drug. So um, it's, occupational therapist is what you'd be looking for and especially ones that that know about sensory processing disorder um so that kind of support's important and you know and online support there's many more groups that develop you know have have followings that have some really good information out there and so much more than when i was first diagnosed and even groups like like therapy groups that the sensory nerds who I love this pair of Sarah and Carrie call themselves the sensory nerds and their mission is to get um, access to all people, not just people with good insurance or that can afford specialized treatments. Um, and they'll run like tactile workshop. If you have tactile issues, join in and we'll all talk about what we do to, to, solve the problem, avoid, or, you know, navigate our lives around these things. Um, but without the knowledge, you know, what are we to do? And I'm, you know, I'm dyslexic and ADD too. So those diagnoses came later in life and they were big aha moments, not bad, actually quite good in a lot of ways because, you know, I didn't feel so alone and so wrong. Um, in discovering that it was real 
you know, and this is what it does and this is how I react. And um, I, I go into problem solving mode and I'll figure out how to, you know, for me, it's everything to know that this is real and it's happening. And this is how I'm dealing with it. This is how everybody else, you know, other people like me deal with it. And with, you know, me starting a company around it, I've done kind of more research than your average person that has been diagnosed late in life, I think. And I also have, have gathered the best research that I've found for adults and brought it to my website and, you know, reference it and stuff so that people that struggle, you know, that are later in life and they're going, oh my God, this is me too. You know, they have, they can go to one place and get some really good information for them. important to have access to that information so that you know what else you might be dealing with. I wanted to ask you, Liz, though, you mentioned a few moments ago about looking at the USPTO, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Mm -hmm. Tell me more, though, like you invented a couple of different products, you researched, you went to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, USPTO.gov is their website. Mm but when you were in that process, I mean, how did you start going through um, even the patent application? Were you using mm-hmm. an attorney? Were you going it on your own? Walk well, us through what you did books, so that we have more sure. I, Yeah, I, I, I definitely was reading books on seeing about doing it on my own before I hired an attorney. Decided to go with the attorney because um, utility patents are are very special. You, there's design patents for people that don't know. Design patents, um, they're very hard to hold up, generally speaking. I've I've been involved in patent processes through my previous work. So I knew a little bit about it. Um, and, you know, somebody can change a little bit of a design and then they're like, okay, I changed it enough and a design patent's hard to hold up. Utility patent is what's the function the uh, the fundamental function of your products and i have actually started with the cozy tozies which will probably be our fourth product to launch that's a version for the bed and so that has its own separate patent and the cozy throwsy cozy cozy and cozy gozy we might divide into two but um but then we also have the trademarks um as well and the word cozy is oversaturated my lawyers like there's no way that you're going to get this issued as cozy throwsy and cozy cozy and i'm like but nobody else has the zzz (laughs) i've checked and i'm like i want you to do it anyway and we got approved um and so you know which is more important it depends where you're selling amazon they don't really care about patents but they care a lot about trademarks so you know, I'm covered from that angle, but in the um, utility patent, that's for the rest of the world, you know, to, to get these, these ideas secured. And, you know, it's always just like everything else. It takes longer and it is way more expensive than you ever anticipated, but you know, it's part of doing business. You have to, you have to have everything in line to do well, especially as a small entrepreneur, as a women entrepreneur. Um, I 
in production, it was interesting when I was designing tennis rackets and going over to China, I had developed a, um, a design in the rackets so that we saved 17 steps of production. And they were persnickety steps that they'd often have to go back in and fix, um, you know, in the painting of the rackets. And, you know, so I said, do it this way. And I'm the only woman, all men. And they were like, no cannot be done. And I'm like, yes, it can <laughs> do it. And, um, you know, and they push back and I'm like, just, I it doesn't have to be perfect. I really want you to just try it. And then they were like, oh, wow. Oh, this is so easy. And so, but you know, it's interesting as a woman in this all male field that, that getting people to listen to you when you know that it's right and there's stereotypical stuff going on is part of the deal and you know it sucks but it's there but trusting in what you know and and you know moving forward anyway and figuring out the way to get uncooperative parties that you need to get on board that's part of the deal. And the more credibility, just circling back to the USPTO, you know, the more strength you have behind your ideas, the more people will sit up and listen. Absolutely. And without getting too deep into the Me Too idea, I also had certain um, aspects of that, continue to face certain aspects of it with pricing um, when you're talking with clients. But again, not going down that uh, rabbit hole in this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so Liz, let me ask you, uh, first of all, how can people get the Cozy line? Right now, just through my website um, and the it's cozies.com. That's how I pronounce it, but it's C-O-Z-Y-Z-Z-Z. So we'll, we use the emoji Z-Z-Z um and we pronounce it as z's so cozy cozies cozy cozies and cozies is just the um is the website cozyzzz.com thank you and so as people are looking at getting the cozy line the cozies um they go to that website they can just order the cozies directly online and <laughs> get shipped out to them pretty quickly and then they're good. We have product landed here in the US. So we have an East Coast and West Coast warehouse. So whichever is closer, we'll ship from there. And it's uh, pretty easy to do. And we're gonna put a discount code on this site for 25% off. Um, it'll be in the show notes unless you want to figure out something we could do mo Mojo 25 and call it that. And I'll okay, so let's do Mojo oh, 25, okay. but we will Excellent. certainly get the um, information in the show notes too. Yeah, yeah. So um, Liz, as we wrap up our conversation, um, other than going to cozies.com, how else can people connect with you? Well, I personally answer anything that on the contact um, page of our website. It says info at sensory product design, but I personally see every single one of those messages, at least at this point in time. So if you have ideas, I was just thinking that. So glad you asked that question. 
If you have ideas that are more business ideas or partnerships or affiliate programs um, and that you love the product and you want to do something with it, please reach out. We can, I'm open to having a conversation with anybody about making this bigger and more exposure to the world because it, it truly is a product that not only keeps you warm, it's, my vision is like people coming home, had a shitty day and they feel better and their family gets treated better and the, then they're able to connect to their own visions and their own things that they want to do in their life, you know? That's hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people are are have this tool to to use. It just makes me really happy to think about it at that level. And that's what I'm going for and nothing less. And so, um, you know, if you want to be part of it with me, reach out. We'll talk. I'm happy to have a conversation. Thank you. And so one other question that I have for you is what do you define success as? Success is, is a, like a, a moment by moment thing. It's not, it's many pieces coming together for me. It's definitely um, living my life. Like I used to call it closing the gap between what I envision and what I'm going for, what I'm, you know, believe in, and what is actually happening. And, you know, the more I can, I can make those two things come close together and have more and more of, of that, that both my own actions, my, what shows up around me in my world and in my business, you know, being connected to each other in that like visionary kind of way is what, feels like success to me. Thank you. And it's always interesting, the answers that I get to that question. Um, I mean, it's actually my keynote address. Does success equate to happiness? Um, so I like getting um, even more um, anecdotal information from all of my guests here on the show. And so thank you. And it's always incredible to hear you're the first one who actually, though, broke it down into those moments, if you will, mm -hmm. um, in terms of answering that question. So I definitely appreciate the thoughtful um, response to that question. So again, Liz, thank you so much for being my guest on the show today. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And as we wrap up our conversation, it's really important to remember, first of all, a couple of things. One is... Even if sometimes we are bothered by certain situations, sometimes it may be to an extreme. Sometimes it may not be so extreme. I know personally for me lately, uh, my circadian rhythm is really um, in check uh, to the point where it gets dark. I get cold and I get tired. Um, the sun is up. I'm wide awake. And it is the weirdest thing because unfortunately in the winter when the sun is going down at four o'clock in the afternoon, it gets awfully difficult sometimes too. Um, but when we look at what it is that we're doing and we understand how some of these aspects can be related to other situations, um, like Liz was saying, know whether or not there are certain signs that you need to be talking with somebody to figure out, do you have particular triggers? Are you okay in terms of 
managing things on your own? Are you needing that external help? Certainly the Cozy's kind of device is something that may be of value to you. And again, when you go to cozies.com, and again, that link will actually be in the um, show notes and the description, just in case you're not actually hearing it right, you'll be able to go there. And when you use um, uh, Mojo 25, again, you'll get the 25% off um, courtesy of Liz and Cozies. So take advantage of that um, opportunity and um, make sure that you get your own Cozies because you're going to enjoy having that warmth. Um, and it really doesn't matter um, what hemisphere you're in, it's winter somewhere. And <laughs> so take advantage of it and make sure that at least you get it um, sent out to you before uh, you get cold next time. On that note, this has been another episode of Mojo, The Meaning of Life and Business. Once again, Liz, thank you so much for being my guest. Until Thanks. next time, here's to your success. This has been another episode of Mojo, the Meaning of Life and Business podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review, liking us, or reaching out to us. You can contact us at bgsicoaching.com and let us know what you think. Thanks so much again for listening.